Hallelujah. Welcome to the Eagle's Nest again. You are blessed. You're a blessing. And we're going to have an awesome time in the presence of God. We're going to look at one of my favorite um, stories in scripture. Because it just shows me that no matter how much the devil tries to put you on, there's no hole deep enough that God cannot Hallelujah. So that's why that's why I've called today's message No Hole Deep Enough. It's about the story. We're, we're, we're actually going to look at maybe two stories, right? The first one is about a young man called Mephibosheth. I'm sure some of you would have heard of him. He was um, the grandson of King Saul, the, 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 the man that was king before David took over. So we're going to read about this um, young man. You just take a few verses from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. Um, King David woke up one day. If you you remember, King David and Jonathan, the son of Saul, were like really close. But unfortunately, when... And and Jonathan was willing for David to be king. He, He really couldn't be, but he loved David so much. But even when his father was pointing out to him that, listen, I don't like your relationship with this young man because don't you know that he can, he will take over as king from me if you don't watch it. And Jonathan loved David. He really, really didn't, didn't you know, mind. And he gave David all the support that he could. But unfortunately, when he, when he went into battle with his father, both of them, you know, uh, died in that battle. So years afterwards, when David had become king, he woke up one day and he said, and I I will read from 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, from the Amplified Version. David said, Is there still anyone left of the family of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there no longer anyone left of the house or the family of Saul to whom I may show the goodness and the graciousness of God? I want to show the goodness and the graciousness of of God to someone from the family of Saul. And Ziba replied to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan one whose feet are crippled can can you imagine there's still a son of jonathan doesn't he have a name his name has become one whose feet are crippled his challenge has become his identity so the king said to him where is he and ziba replied to the king he is in the house of mashir the son of amiel in lodabar let me tell you a little about lodabar that name, Lodabar, means no pasture, no communication, i.e. the backside of the desert, i.e. a place of forgetful, a, a place that w- once you're there, you're forgotten. You are, you might as well not exist. Lodabar, a place of barrenness, no pasture, nothing to feed. That, that is, you, it, was, it was a barren land. This sun of Jonathan, a good man, was not only crippled, 
he was living in a place of barrenness, in a state of barrenness, in a place of no communication, forgotten it looked. Then the king, then King David sent word and had him brought from the house of Mashir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Then they call his name Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell face down and lay himself down in respect. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. David said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will certainly show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore restoration to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you shall always eat at my table. I was going to stop there, but let me just say, let me get to verse 8. Let's listen to what the grandson of a former king said concerning himself. He said, again, Mephibosheth lay himself face down and said, What is your servant that you will be concerned for a dead dog? Like Mephibosheth said, I have looked at myself. I have assessed myself. I have weighed myself. And the value I put on myself is the value that is put on a dead dog. May God forbid that the challenges of our life will bring us to the place where we call ourselves a name that God never intended for us. Amen. Mephibosheth living in the land of Shin. What does the name Mephibosheth even mean? It means from the mouth of Shin. From the mouth of Shin, living in the land of barrenness. How much deeper can the hole be? How much deeper can this pit be that the devil threw this, this child of a man that honored the person that God honored. How much, how much, how much more dark can the place that this man whose name meant from the mouth, you were born out of the mouth of shame, God forbid. And then the same man looked at himself, having looked at himself, his, his circumstances, my name means from the mouth of shame. I am crippled, unable to move, unable to do anything for myself, totally dependent on people. And then I am living in a place of barrenness, cut off from communication. Every hope, everything that represented hope was gone from Mephibosheth's life. Physically. But there was a God there is a God who moves in the affairs of men and nobody tells him what to do. Nobody tells him you can bless this person and you can forget that person. He goes to the backside of a desert and he takes a man that is forgotten by everyone and he puts you on a throne and he says, I God, that's why. So, 
David took a man who had been forgotten, who the enemy had placed in a hole, and said, this one, nobody will remember him again. His father is dead. His, his, his grandfather is, has become, you know, has also gone. And the king had sitting on the throne was the enemy of his grandfather. So nobody will remember him. But the God that we serve, the God of the many-sided, complicated wisdom, the God who, who can make your enemy bend over backwards to honor you because God has commanded it. Put it in the mind of David to remember the goodness of Jonathan towards him. He said, call that man that is living in the land of barrenness. Call that man whose name has become synonymous with shame. It is time for restoration. And the Bible says that David said to him, I will give you everything, everything that your father owned. Mephibosheth from nothing had become a billionaire. He had become a landowner. He had become, he, he, he now automatically inherited his father's servants so much. And that's how God is. When, when, when you think, oh my God, I've suffered so much. I've lost so much. God is watching you. And then one day, the God of restoration comes. And in a twinkling of an eye, everything that you have lost is multiplied and given back to you. He did it with Job. He's doing it with Mephibosheth, a cripple, forgotten, abandoned in a land of barrenness. David said, I'm going to give you back all. On top of that, David looked at Ziba, who was a servant of Saul. And he says to Ziba, from this day on, you and your son, not just Ziba alone, Ziba, you and everything that you have will now begin to serve the man who was called a cripple, the man who called himself a dead dog, you and your sons will begin to farm all the farmlands of his grandfather. You and your sons will farm and you will bring the produce to Mephibosheth. But Mephibosheth, you will eat at my table every day for the rest of your life. You don't need to bother about what is going. What is coming to you is coming for your family, is coming for your grandchildren, forever. For you will sit at my table. Talk about restoration. Talk about the devil digging a hole and God is saying this is a joke because when I want to bring out my child, I will not only make put sand under that child until I catapult him above that hole. I will lift him even higher and cause that restoration will come into your life. The devil cannot dig any hole deep enough to keep you down, child of God. He has no capacity. He has no authority. He has no power to keep you when God says it's blessing time. Hallelujah. You have reason to rejoice. You have reason to, to just lift up your shoulders because a time of restoration is coming for you. Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 41, 
Let's look at another man there. His name was called Joseph. <laughs> Joseph was, was a beloved son. And all of a sudden, because of his dreams, his brother said, you know something, let's kill him. And sometimes the people that are behind your problems, the people attacking you the most, the people bad-mouthing you are people that you love. Are people that you have sown into their lives. People that you have been a blessing to. People that you even pray for. People that you have helped in your office. People that you have so used your resources to make sure that life is easy, comfortable for them. They are the ones that turn against you. But it's no reason for you to be bitter. Joseph, his own brothers, decided to throw him into a pit and leave him there to die. But they forgot that there is a God that rules in the affairs of men. First of all, they threw him into a dry well pit. And God moved on the heart, even though he didn't realize it, of one of his brothers. And they said, no, 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 no. It's better for us to sell him than leave him here to die. And he got his brother out and sold him to a high ranking to, you know, some nomads that were looking for slaves. And somehow, Joseph ended up in the house of a high-ranking um, Egyptian official. How old was he? 17 years. A mere youth. A mere child. Sold by his elder brothers. For nothing. Jealousy. 17. And he went into the house of this high-ranking official. We know the story. It was a good-looking young man. And the wife of this official decided, I like what I see. Come lie with me. And Joseph said, I can't do this. Not because of you, not because you're not beautiful, but I can't do this against my God. We know the story. She, was, she framed him. Her husband was angry and threw him into jail. You know, sometimes as a child of God, there are things that happen to you and you begin to say, God, are you there? I'm still your child. I don't understand why. Why are things going from bad to worse? And even though I'm trying to please you, things are just looking bleaker and bleaker. It does happen to the child of God. When it happens, be strong. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Oh, God has abandoned you. Oh, it's because of your sins. Oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because of that. No, 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 no. From the house of this man, for nothing, Joseph ended up in jail. I think he was in this man's house for about 13. No, about. He was in jail for two years. So only about 11 years. 11 years of faithfulness was rewarded with a prison sentence. In prison, he continued his good work, interpreting dreams. That was where that ability began, you know, rose up. And he began to interpret people's dreams. And the people that he interpreted their dreams and their dreams came and, and his interpretation came to pass, forgot him. 
but he didn't realize it was all about God. He never got bitter. He didn't give up on his faith. He didn't turn away from God. He continued being the person that God had made him to be. And we hear that the time came, the appointed time. You know, the scripture says that until the time that his word came to pass, the word concerning Joseph, the dreams that he God showed him, until that time that it came to pass, the Bible says the word of God tested him. God will test you. God will allow the enemy to throw stones at you. And it will be like he's, he's abandoned you. He's watching. He's watching your reactions. Are you going to get bitter? Are you going to seek revenge? Are you going to consider killing the person? You hear so many horror stories in the body of Christ. Wife killing husband, husband killing wife because they want out. God tested Joseph because he knew what he wanted to do with Joseph. And he wanted to see this servant of mine, this child of mine that I want to raise to such an apex. This child of mine that an entire nation's life depends on. Is he worth it? Can I entrust him with this thing that I have purpose for him? The Bible says that finally one day Pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't handle He called all the wise men in his kingdom. Nobody, nobody could interpret this dream. Remember that God had started to stir up that gift that David I and mean, Joseph didn't even know he had. And somebody remembered and said, there's a man that I met in jail. I believe that he can interpret this dream. And that's how Joseph got there. And the rest is history. The next thing we know was that he became prime minister of the entire, the then known world. Egypt was the greatest economy, the greatest nation on the surface. In fact, after Egypt, there was Egypt. There was nowhere else became a prime minister and he began he was just not only the prime minister he became the finance minister he became because he was the one that was made that made sure that food was in abundance money was not a challenge was not a problem for the nation of Egypt and through hard times false accusations Joseph, the destiny that was was as pointed for him, he was able to fulfill it. Fast forward a couple of years later, his brothers come to buy food. And he forgives them everything that they had done for him. And he makes sure that they had food. And that's how the nation of Israel still exists till today because one man refused to take vengeance to avenge himself he left it in God's hands and that's what happens for many of us we see ourselves as me whatever your name is Joseph Daniel Benga whatever we don't see ourselves as instruments in God's hands for a greater destiny we don't see 
the other destinies connected to our lives. So we just behave anyhow. We just act on impulse, act according to emotions, and we don't know that we are just a part of the chain, of God's chain, of God's link. If Joseph had reacted according to what his brothers had done to him, the nation of Israel, God's plan for Israel, they would have died of hunger. Or maybe Joseph would have ordered for them to be killed. We must never believe our circumstances, the things that our eyes see. Because the Bible says the things that we see are temporal, they're ephemeral, they will pass. What? The only thing that lasts for all eternity is the word of God and what God has said. And in our race of, our, of, of life, in our journey of life, we must never, never lose sight of that. We must never believe the lies of the devil. And worse still, we act on what he has told us. That's a journey, that's a, that, that's, that's a road to disaster. We must never possess as our own. We must never take anything that the enemy is offering. Because the Bible tells us clearly all he comes to do is to steal. Steal your peace, steal your joy, steal your sense of self-worth. To kill if he can and to destroy your destiny. And I'm here to tell you today that there is no hope. God, that the enemy can dig for you, that God cannot bring you out of. Giving up is not an option. God is bigger than your circumstances. He's bigger than the false accusations. He's bigger than the things people have stolen from you. He's bigger than sickness and disease or the doctor's report. He's bigger, he's bigger, he's bigger, he's bigger. And he says to you today, you're coming out of that hole. It is time for restoration. It is time for elevation. It is time to lift you up to the heights that I promised you. The dreams I gave to you were not lies. They're just waiting for my appointed time. The visions I gave to you are for an appointed time. And I don't want you to give up on them. No prison. No jail. No, I don't know, Paul and Silas, what was their problem? What, was, what sin did they commit? They were speaking about God. And they were thrown in jail for that. If it's some of us would give up on God, we'll say, God, you're wicked. I was preaching your word. See, they beat them. But you know, that was, God just wanted to use them to show our God is a God of show. As they were there, God caused an earth, just a little, he just looked at the earth and earth said, God, I understand. Earth started to move. And the slight movement, we call it earthquake. Earth said, I just moved small, I just stretched small. An earthquake came and the chains fell up with all the soldiers guarding them. Not only their own prison door, but God, the prison doors of all the prisoners opened at the same time. And God is a God of show. When he does a thing, it is, there is no doubt that he stepped into that situation. And the people, the, 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 the prison head panicked. 
But Paul and Silas said, relax. We're all here. We're not going anywhere. That same night in prison, there was revival. People started to give their lives to Jesus Christ. So what is this hope that you're in, that you're about to give up on God on? What is this challenge that you're facing, that you're about to call God names that, that, that even his enemies, even the devil dares not call him? Hand over that hope to God. Hand over that situation to God. And God will ensure that instead of ashes, you clothe you with a garment of praise. Your garment of praise is coming upon you right now. Beauty is coming upon you instead of those ashes. Rejoicing is coming upon you. Receive it. Believe it. Confess it. And God will bring you out of that hole. Because believe me, there's no hole big enough to keep down the child that God has said, my eyes upon you. And God's eyes upon you. Hallelujah. See you again next week. God keep you. God open the eyes of your understanding. God cause you to receive strength even this day in Jesus. Amen.